<laughs> we can always start with that too. I mean, oh, I thought you were watching porn. Watching porn while you pod? Yeah, you can't watch porn and pod. Uh, too much bandwidth, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then you'll accidentally close the window that you're using for the podcast. So yeah. That wouldn't be good. Yeah. We're not saying that's what happened to our guests, but, you know. Yeah, keyboards get all not, slippery. Not, but we're not saying it didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, welcome everyone. Episode 47. Um, so, we're honored to have a special guest with us tonight. Um, Jeff Moeller. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, yeah, yeah. trying to break up a little bit. And go ahead, uh, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, I'm here. Nope, you're there. We hear you. Can you hear me? Um, so, uh, so Jeff Muller is joining us tonight. Um, again, really happy to have him here. And uh, so we're going to talk about some some real stuff. He's a dad, and um, just some some different perspectives, kind of based on what we've been talking about the last few weeks. So. Um, Anyway, and how you guys we're doing? Gonna, we're going to address the fact that Jeff's our first white guest, so eventually he'll be a trivia answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On that special episode. Um, uh, all right, so, uh, so um, uh, how you guys doing this week? I had a pretty good week. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Okay, that's better than last week. Now, um, P, was your, was your week better because it was your birthday? No, well, I took three days off work. I ended up working one and a half of those three days that I was off, technically. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I, I actually, <laughs> I saw my, my people under me doing some crazy stuff, and I sent them like 12 emails in a row because they kept asking dumb questions. So the last email I sent them on Friday was, the next person asked me something getting fired. And then nobody, <laughs> oh, Lord. Then nobody asked me nothing else for the rest of the, <laughs> the, rest of the weekend. So No, that was Thursday night, sorry. So Friday, somebody texts me, well... I forgot to tell you happy birthday, but now I'm scared to say. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! They were getting on my nerves, man. Wow. So, what did you do for your birthday? I mean, like, I know you went out yesterday, right? Um, yeah. My wife took me to a nice hotel. We had a nice dinner and um, did practice social distancing for for sure. And uh, then we just came back home this morning. It was just a good little getaway. It felt like an in town getaway. So. Okay, so when you were um. Did you guys eat in the restaurant or yes, we ate outside? In, yes, we ate in the restaurant, but um, they had the restaurant marked off where everybody was like 10 feet apart. Okay. Um, so it, it had X's on the floor of different tables that people were allowed to sit at. And that's why we actually were going to another restaurant, but the wait time was like an hour and a half because of their social distancing. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So you could look in the restaurant and see tables, but they were like, yeah, but we can't sit people, you know, beside each other and all this other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that, right, that was Texas Day Brazil. So, okay. yeah, and you know, they changed the whole process where they had they took away the buffet part and they bring everything to your table, but you have to order it up front and then they make it to order rather than having the stuff. And uh, oh, okay, so they're not they don't have dudes walking around with meat, they, they still have the dudes walking around with meat, but the stuff remember it was kind of like a bar thing, bar. yeah, yeah the stuff okay. on the bar you had to order it versus just going to get it. So, yeah, okay, um, okay. but yeah, the, the place we ate at. Um, we ate at Southern, what is it, Southern Kitchen or Southern, yeah, Southern Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really good. It was, we had, I had the Southern, uh, Southern stir fry. And sure, uh, it's like a stir fry with like Koneka sausage and bacon and, and shrimp and uh, corn and everything but rice. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it okay. is delicious, man. It is, it's so good. So, okay. Well, happy birthday, man. I'm glad you had a good birthday week. Gracias, muchacho. 
Yeah. All right. So, Jeff, you with us? I'm back. All right, man. How was your week? It was pretty good, man. You know, we're we're surviving. You know, I put my kids up for adoption. Nobody. <laughs> you didn't wait. You didn't wait long enough. Wait for some takers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and then your son started. Was today his first day of baseball? This this weekend. Well, they they had started uh, on Tuesday. Um, okay. And then things opened up a little bit more. So he's on two teams. One's in Pennsylvania. One's in Maryland. So they're you know both states are in like different. You know, they have different ways that they're going about it. Pennsylvania is actually in uh, like a red light, green, yellow light, green light, and and we're in phases here in Maryland. So oh, Pennsylvania is actually like green lighted. So for you sports, so they're, they're full go. Um, so, yeah, we, we're back at it. Just excited to have something to do. You know? Yeah. And um, Preston and Ray, Jeff's son, Jake, is a really, really, really good baseball player. So... That's why they have to cross the Mason-Dixon line to actually get him to practices and stuff. Um, so what, he's what, what position does he play? Well, he's still he, he's only thirteen, so he's uh, okay. he pitches. Um, you know, he's played third base, first base. He's doing a little shortstop with this team in Pennsylvania. Um, but he's, you know, at this age, you're just developing. Um, you know, he loves it, has a lot of fun, and you know, um, you know, it's just great to see him out there. You know playing the sport that he loves and being happy again it's just it's a lot better than you know hitting balls off the tee by yourself it's like going to the driving range by yourself and nobody's around you can't play golf you know it's the right. same same kind of idea so but yeah, you guys got to see his swing i'm gonna send you a video of his swing okay like when he i i told jeff like was it last summer i told you he he has like ken griffey's swing yeah, he like well, Griffey's like that's you know like when you show your kids videos, you know, and he's Jake, Jake bats, he's a switch hitter, but naturally bats lefty and then um, and throws right handed. But from the left side, I mean, what better swing to look at than Griffey? You know, so yeah. Did you play so, Jeff? Jeff, did you play baseball yourself? No, man. I, well, I played little league baseball, but I played lacrosse in college, and I coached lacrosse in high school too for forever. But uh, when he was a kid. Um, I let him do both when he was real young, and he just he liked lacrosse, but he loved baseball. So I just you know we we rolled with it. He loves playing basketball too. You know, yeah, so he's a good he's basketball like player too. Oh, cool. He just loves he loves sports, man. He's he's into it, so it's fun. Yeah, I really want him, but you know, to come where I'm coaching. Yeah, but I can't get him. I mean, he's he's too good of a baseball player to come to where I'm coaching. So um, he's gonna go to a bigger school, I'm sure, but. And then his Jeff uh, Brooks, your younger son, is the lacrosse player, though. Yeah, he's the lacrosse player, and uh, yeah, they're two different. You guys have kids, man. I mean, it's kind of like the the personality differences between your kids is just bananas. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So there, you know, Brooks is eight. He'll be nine in a couple weeks here. But he's uh, he's a good good little lacrosse player. A lot of energy and. So it's good to it's good to have these kids back doing something. Um, mm-hmm. You know. While still trying, even though it's limited because we're trying to be safe, it's still still something, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they get it naturally. So Jeff and his wife are both athletes, so and both coach high school sports, and so they they have they have good good bloodline. So Jeff, what's it been like the last few weeks in your household? So you know we know each other well, but yeah, um, you know your your boys are thirteen and almost nine. What kind of uh, questions or what's what's the parenting been like? 
Um, we're kind of making a joke that you're going to be a trivia question, so you're the you're the first white co-host that we've had. So, um, but just from our you know the last couple of weeks, we've been talking as um, black men and black fathers about kind of what's going on and kind of what our life has been like, um, not just recently but throughout all of our lives. And obviously, you'll have a different perspective. So I'm just kind of curious, uh, or we're curious, I should say, like you know. Tell everybody kind of what it's been like from your perspective, being on the other side of things in terms of being a, you know, a white man or a white father during these, uh, I call it special times. I think that we're seeing kind of a, a sea of change and, um, but just interested in your perspective. Yeah. Well, it's been emotional, uh, Sherman, you know, it's been, it's been one of those things. And I, I mean, I, I mean, I've known you a long time, so you, you know how I was raised. So mm-hmm. You know, you're raised. You're you're raised. I would like to say that I was raised with awareness. Um, um, I, I was lucky enough to have close black friends who, um, you know, who, who've talked to me and and have been willing to share their stories with me. So you know, it's funny when people say, "Oh, you know, you know, people are now woke or aware," and 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 to me that. For me, in our in my immediate family, that that wasn't the case. You know, it wasn't like this was n- news to me that racism was like, oh, things are this is really going on. Wow, this is surprising. No, I mean, I knew it was going on. I knew it was a problem. Um, that that I wasn't awoken um, by this. Um, however, um, I, I will say that. It's different this time when when you go on social media and you see people coming out and commenting how disgusted they were by the events. Um, people that I never thought would say that that I thought they were on the other side of the coin some somehow. So the it's louder this time. It sounds like mm-hmm. see, I feel like people are mm-hmm. listening. Um, it's different. So, no, go ahead. So, Jeff, you said that, you know, some of the people you thought were on the other side of the coin on this. Do you have any people that literally are on the other side of it that uh, <laughs> kind of confronted you of your views? No, I'm, I'm not getting that. Now, Now I'll say that I, I've, I've not associated myself with those people. And, okay. and, maybe, okay. and maybe, that's part of the, maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe, you know, like I don't have... At this point, as a white man, and I think white people in general, like this is the time to really listen. You know, it's not, it's not time to to dictate. You know how things go from here. Uh, it's, it's 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 time to listen because, you know, the one thing, we talk about being parents and what we do with our kids. The one thing that I've that I think that I'm that I've done with my kids is. A to let them know that it's different. It's different for Sherman's kids than it is for my kids. Um, and as kids, you don't know that you're you're not born thinking that you know a black kid and a white kid that their experiences are going to be different because the color of their skin. Because when you say it, even when you say it out loud, it just seems stupid. Um, it doesn't make sense to a kid. So to make my kids aware that it that it is different and to try to. Uh, um, educate them on why it's different i mean ironically we watched sherman knows this we watched when when quarantine started one of the first movies we watched as a family was just mercy mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and this is before all this went down and and you're sitting there after that movie and you're having a discussion with your kids of like 
this is this is a true story. This is what's going on. So it's it's more of enlightening them and understanding. Um, and I think it's also important to let them know that you don't understand what your black friends are going through. I don't. I can empathize and I can I can acknowledge it, and I can I can hear you and I can you know say hey this is a problem, but it's impossible for me to truly understand what it is that my black friends are going are going through. I I, I mean I I did text Sherman um, because I had gotten so angry um, over over the events you know and emotional about it, and, and my I had a moment where I'm like holy holy shit like what i'm feeling right now is what sherman feels every day you know it's what Mm -hmm. you guys feel every day it's that like that's what you live with and and i'm just dealing with it on a different level of course but and and it's 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 a short term you know so that's where it really kind of hit deep for me it wasn't that i didn't know that there was a problem it was it was the really deep realization of like this is every day for the people who have impacted my life, you know, in, in such a positive way. I, I have so many black role models and, and, and black friends and, and that, have, that have changed my life for the better, and they're hurting. And, um, and, and I feel responsible. You know, you feel responsible for their hurt. You feel responsible for their pain. And then you start to say, okay, well, how can I make this, how can I try to make this better for them? Um, and I think as parents, because this is so generational, you know, I'm in real estate. You know, I mean, if I'm, if, I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm showing somebody a house and we go up on the top floor of a house and there's a big crack, you know, I, you're not just, <laughs> it would be wrong for me to say, hey, you know what, you're just going to spackle and paint and that's going to fix the problem rather than saying, Let's go into the basement and check out the foundation and see if that's a result from mm-hmm. a foundational problem. And mm-hmm. and I feel like we've been spending years and years and years and years on the top floor and we've been afraid or not willing to go into the basement and check out that foundation and how this problem began um, and how we've gotten to this point. Um, and, and I'm hoping that this movement is doing that it's making us open our eyes and look deeper into it and um and for me to educate my kids um that there's hate out there uh there's racism out there and your friends are going through things that you're not um when you walk (laughs) when you walk to the to the store you know when you when i let my kids walk to uh, snowball stand or 7-Eleven, well, their experience is going to be different if your kids were walking. Our conversations to our kids when they leave are going to be different than what you're saying to your kids. Right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and they need to know that. I mean, they don't, like I said, it's impossible for them to know how that feels because unless you're walking in those shoes, you really, you really don't know. Um, but it's important, in my opinion, to be aware of those differences. Um and 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 be aware that it's different and because if i can teach my kids that it's different and i and i can listen to to you guys and to say hey this is this is how we can make a generational change this is how we can fix this foundation it's going to start with our kids um we got to change it from from the foundation up um and that's something that i know that my family is is you know dedicated to doing and we hope that the larger conversation in our country 
is something that is spreading and people are willing to have those conversations it's willing to for you know i asked sherman to come on this show because i want to be part of the conversation i i you know you know these these rallies are great we've been to them these protests are bringing awareness which is great but my question is what's the next step because Mm -hmm. that this isn't going to fix the problem it's going to bring awareness to the problem but it's not going to fix it what are we going to do to fix it what's the next step and that's something that we're looking for and and we're looking for guidance and and we need to listen right now this is not our movement we're just finally you know being aware of what's going on and we need to listen and and help our brothers and sisters (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. uh, and how to make this better for them um what I love that you said, Jeff, was that it, it part of a, of it is acknowledgement, and that um, some of my friends they have no. I won't say my friends, people that I work with. I, basically, this whole situation <laughs> has brought out the character in some people on social media that I never knew they had. Right? One of my friends posted that this wasn't a race issue or this issue or that issue. It was a sin issue. And he started posting all these things about, oh, this is just all sin, it's all sin is bad, and you know, and all this other kind of stuff. But he never would acknowledge that there were any differences between, um, like you said, like his kids and how he raised his kids, or how we have to raise ours. Even after I gave him several situations of uh, different police encounters that I had, he wouldn't acknowledge that that oh, that was just a bad cop times twenty. Like, what, what, right. like, what do you mean? That was just a bad cop. It, it's happened to me several times, you know. But he he just wouldn't acknowledge that. So I'm, I'm glad that was like something that you said. Like part of it is just acknowledgement in the first place. Yeah, and in, and you know, to your point, you know, you make a great point because you know what what do I see in here? You know, for people who who didn't get it, um, all lives matter instead of black lives matter, right? I mean, that's one thing that we would see. Mm-hmm. Um, blue lives matter. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it, it, those are the things that just I can't I can't explain how angry that makes me. And it's like you you're so you're like you're not you're not you don't get it, you know, and it's really hard to explain it. It's like, you know, hey, when it's breast cancer month, you don't get pissed yeah. off about it. People Pan- not talking about cancer. Cancer. Yep. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? It's like, yep. wait a minute. Like right. all this, illnesses matter. Right? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, you're not, you're not grasping it. So the fact that more people now are not afraid and are saying, and are understanding what black lives matter means and why it's being said, that's, that's, that means something to me. Um, I think that's positive. That wouldn't have happened six months ago. Um, Mm-hmm. And then, and then the police officers look. There are a lot of really good police officers. We need police officers, to, you know, to protect us. But that does not mean that you cannot look at what has gone on and and understand that there is a real problem um, mm-hmm. that has to be addressed. And it's not. We're not saying all police. You know, like it's not all police officers are bad or all. You know, like that's not. But it, it's it's. It's it's not just a few bad apples. I mean, yeah, that is it's, it's, it's not almost like the culture is is that to the point where the good cops are afraid to turn in the bad cops because there are several instances where people turn in the bad cops and they're the ones to get fired. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a friend who is a police officer in Alabama who told me a story. Um, it was about two or three years ago where uh, he 
and and I'm not going to give his rank and all that because people know who he is. But I'll just say he's in a supervisory role. Um, but he um, disciplined a white officer who had profiled a car and was trying to do a um, trying to get these passengers out of the car. And when he he disciplined the officer, they, the rest of the department turned their back on him uh, when he walked in the room. And and he said to me, like, how can I like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm trying to make a change. And then I get I basically got called to the principal's office because I was messing up the you know, I was going against my brother in blue. Mm-hmm. And, and when I'm trying to call out, you know, the wrongdoing. Right. Um, and he was almost disciplined for that. Um, because they care more about the culture, like Ray said, you know, than they do um, correcting a wrong, you know. And so one thing I had said the other day, because I I saw now people are like, you know, first of all, the defund the police is a horrible slogan. I have no idea who thought of that, but that person can't be an advertising. No, it's got to be a Trump supporter. It has to be. (laughs) They're like sabotaging. Well, no, I think they would do it because they know that that would actually rile up Trump's base. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Because nobody's saying like, because and I I always stop arguments like I've gotten a lot better, gotten a lot wiser when someone goes at me on social media where I won't argue back. I'll just say, all right, I'm not responding, but let me say this and have a good day. I've got um, two. I've got a two response rule. I say something, they say something back. I'll say whatever, and that's it. I'm out. Yep, and then it's good day, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I but I think that the you know that because someone said to me, well, you know, what do you think is going to happen when there's no police? I said nobody said there should be no police. What we said is there should be better policing, and perhaps if we take tanks and tear gas away from police and have them be more community oriented and we can take the some of those that 20 million dollar fund that they get every year and put that into mental health um training and and have a mental health department within the police department that handles the mentally ill instead of just shooting and killing them that that could actually be something um or put in diversity training or de-escalation training whatever it may be that's what defund the police looks like um the other thing i was another point i was making was you know the reason this is happening like for everyone who's pissed off about well police reform and why are you doing this it's an attack on all police there's a few bad apples i'm like yeah, but every encounter I have with the police, or 99% of them, has been a negative encounter. So, it's not, maybe just a few bad apples killed George Floyd, or, or killed um, Tamir Rice, or, or killed Jonathan Crawford. It, you know, maybe that's a few bad apples, but, like, when nothing happens to them, you know, there's no consequence, this is what happens. Like, this is what happens when you turn your back, when you you close your eyes or you try to explain away why somebody was killed um, instead of trying to fix the problem. Now the whole system, you know, crumbles. Um, And perhaps had you addressed it, like what Jeff was saying, also address this, you know, I don't know. I would say 50 years ago, but how about two years ago? Um, And started to to have like real change and this wouldn't have happened. Uh, or not this wouldn't have happened, but well, yeah, this wouldn't have happened, but also you wouldn't have the entire country basically on fire two weeks ago, um, and now everyone calling for change. So, um, you know, we, we gave you a chance to change it. 
gave you we tried to to talk to you we tried to peacefully protest you didn't want to listen didn't want to listen didn't want to listen and now guess what this is the this is a consequence from it so, so now, let me let me ask you all let me, let me okay. ask you all a question because and I, cause I don't know I don't know the answer to this why was this different because it's not like we haven't seen this before. Mm-hmm. Like when I said that, like I, this isn't like none of us were surprised, right? I mean, mm-hmm. none of us were surprised that this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's it was disgusting. Um, it, it was you know, right? It was but it's not new. But it's not new. So my question is, why why was this? And I'm fine with it being different. I just haven't been able mm-hmm. to put my finger on it. Yeah, whatever it took. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm just not sure why it, this was different. Do you guys have any take on that? Yeah, we actually talked about that last week. I think it just was the perfect. Uh, maybe two weeks ago, mm-hmm. it, it was the perfect situation of people being home and uh, being quarantined, and it happening, and you not having anything to do, and more eyes were on it, more media coverage was on it, and everything else. It just created the perfect situation for this blow up. And it was the succession of you had Ahmaud Arbery, then mm-hmm. Brianna Taylor, uh, Brianna Taylor, yeah, yeah Taylor, and uh, then George Floyd. Like bam, bam, bam. So you didn't even have time to you didn't have time to grieve any of them for real. For here's another, one, here's another, one, here's and another. And now the man in Atlanta, I can't remember his name right now. But. Uh, Ray, ah, uh, crap. I, I can't remember his name from last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you also had the guy in the. You also had the guy in the park. You know, the bird watcher. Oh yeah, you had the bird yeah. watcher guy who could have been one of these hashtags. That if it, uh, yeah, if his video wasn't working. Yeah. So I think, and that yeah. happened the day before George Floyd. Yeah. So that I I feel like all this just basically got everybody fed up. Yeah, and, so, and I think uh, also on top of that, I think you have 40 million people out of work. Um, so, yeah, you have everybody home, like what Preston was saying, but then you also have people are, like, not sure if they're going to die. Everyone has pretty much lost somebody that they know to COVID. Yeah, we were um, at 100, at that point, we were at 100,000 fatalities of COVID. Right. So I think people are kind of on edge, not knowing where their next meal is coming from, not knowing how they're going to pay rent, not knowing if their mom or grandmother is going to die from COVID. Um, and then to, the other thing I would add on top of that is the callousness of him. And I still have not watched a video, by the way, just the still shots. But yeah, um, but with him just sitting there with his hand in his pocket, like, no, I'm going to kill you. And there's really nothing you could do about it. Um, why didn't Eric Garner get this when it was essentially the exact same thing where he was choked to death on camera? Um, you know, and I think because people always try to explain something away like, well, had he stopped resisting, you know, he could breathe if he could talk. Had he stopped resisting, the cop wouldn't have choked him to death. Or, you know, um, if John Crawford hadn't picked up the BB gun, then he wouldn't have been killed. If Tamir Rice didn't have a BB gun, he wouldn't have. So, it, but there was no explaining this. But, you know, you know, and, you know, you have this on the heels of white guys that are protesting in Michigan. Oh, right. That too. Yep. They're AR-15s <laughs> that are, you know, basically daring the cops to do anything to them. And they're, they don't have anything happen to them. So, right. Inside the state house, stormed the state house and yeah. the state legislature had to close. They were too, too fearful of people coming in with guns mm-hmm. and no arrests. Nobody got shot. Nobody got choked to death. Um, so, 
that's what I, I think it was a, a culmination of it was a perfect storm essentially. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that it's that it's happened. It, again, this feels different. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, like I said before, my concern and what this is what when talk about parenting and talking to your kids about it, you know, it it's an awareness. It's explaining it to them. Um, you hope that that's generational as mm-hmm. well. But more importantly, it's 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 like I said, you know, it, it's almost I don't want it to be a fad either. You know, as a white guy. One of the things I talk to my wife about is like, you know, it's great. It almost seems like it's cool now <laughs> to be mm-hmm. to be. You know, That's the scary matter. part, though, with all those fake people protesting now. Have you all seen those clips of those people just jumping in front of protests and taking a picture and getting back in the car? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a well, fad, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like a fad. So it's like, okay, you know, it, you know, where what's the next what's the next step? Because the the protests are going to stop at some mm-hmm. point. You know, um, and and what's the next step? Because that's if we want change, you can't. I mean, protests are great to bring awareness, but that's not going to change the problem. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know. So for my kids, you know, and I don't have the answers because I don't. I have a lot of learning to do myself. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. You know, this is I. I don't. I don't know it all with this um, at all. I have a lot of learning to do. So what I'm teaching my kids is, is what I know, but it's also why I'm you know I'm having conversations with people so I can learn more about it. But mm-hmm. it's you know how, how how do I raise them to be part of that change? You know I, to be aware, to understand it, um, and to understand that it's okay for my kids to to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't make them bad that they're white um, mm-hmm. at all. Um, but 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 just to understand it and that there is a difference and be empathetic that there's a difference and you know it not to jump to the conclusions and understand that there's you know if a kid's having a bad day maybe it's because you know um, his home life isn't great maybe his home life isn't great because the employment isn't great maybe the employment isn't great because the opportunities when those people were growing up wasn't as good as your grandparents you know so it's like it's it's this chain that you just Mm got to keep digging deeper and i don't know how deep we can go but you got to keep digging deeper so it makes more sense and you can be more empathetic and you can understand better and we can really start to make a change that sticks um because the reality is that and i believe this is that a a world that has less racism is better for my kids Uh, Mm -hmm. it's better for me it's better Mm -hmm. for my family um and and it's time for us to to learn and and i want i hope everybody that's out there protesting you know thank you for you know showing your support but this isn't your time to lead you know it's your mm-hmm. time it's your turn you know because a lot of these protests i listened to your podcast last week you guys were like i think sherman you said yeah it was like 70 percent white people you know mm-hmm. and which is great yep but it's your turn to listen i i, I don't i mean my opinion is that has to be clear you know like this is great that you're aware it's great that you support this cause this is not your turn to lead (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is your turn to listen and then take that message and learn and grow so we don't have this problem down the road yeah Hey, hey jeff i had a question for you so at what age did you start talking to your boys about this um 
pretty uh, I guess early. about the differences. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty early. Um, because my, my my wife and I are on the same page with all this, and and because I was raised a certain way. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to have in high school. I had a friend named Teron Owens, who Sherman knows was a star mm-hmm. basketball player. Um, I was a sophomore. He was a senior. For whatever reason, he friended me, um, and we, we got pretty close. And um, I spent a lot of time over his house, so I was, I was, you know, I guess my eyes were open to certain things. I had family, my my immediate family, my parents um, tried to educate me uh, as well on racism. So. It's always been important to me. Um, I don't know how to change it. You know, I mean, I guess, I guess that's that's the hardest part for me as a white man right now is that you want it to be better, but you don't know how. Um, mm-hmm. I have, I have black males that are that are you know a huge part of my kids' lives. Um, you know, one, one is uh, Damien Jennifer, who's assistant coach at Mount St. Joe. He trains my son Jake, and he is a major part of my son's life um and you know when you have when you have people like that where color doesn't matter you know like it's like you're you're, you know and 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 they touch you and they they help you grow as a human being the fact that you know that they're hurting is painful Mm -hmm. and but but what's even more painful is that i don't know how to fix it um and so those conversations with our kids are, hey, this is a problem. This is what's going on. This, these are the differences. This is how this came to be. Um, you know, you need to be aware of this. And, you know, it's – but I don't know the next step, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think those conversations are important. I'm hoping that more families now are going to have those conversations. Um, and that – in that we don't – you know the all lives matter chatter goes away because now they finally understand what that <laughs> that's silly um mm-hmm. and the blue lives matter that that goes away because they realize that that's silly you know of course we like our good police officers of course all lives matter but that's not what needs the attention right now mm-hmm. so they could go, they could go your direction or they could be like someone i know and slather their kids in confederate flags and post a picture oh so, lord so <laughs> it could go either way. Do you know that, like the the whole Confederate flag thing, was a direct response to the um, Civil, Civil Rights, Rights Act? Yeah, yeah, Civil Rights Act in uh, nineteen sixty four. Yeah, nobody flew Confederate flags before then. Nope. All these monuments and everything were a direct result of that. Right. Man, shout out to NASCAR while we're talking about that. Like, I oh, never, yeah. I never thought that would have happened. Right, <laughs> never. Jeff, by the way, you know, um, what's the guy's name? Oh, Ray Cicerelli. Ray Cicerelli. (laughs) Did you know he went to Mount Hebron? He graduated from Mount Hebron? Yeah, that's what I heard. Well, I'm going to go back to what Preston says in this point. And it's, man, it's a good one. And it's one that that probably has me bothered, but I'm hoping that we can, it's like having weeds in your, in your lawn, right? You're always going to have some weeds, but you hope that you grow thick enough grass that <laughs> the weeds kind of go Choke away. Choke the weeds out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you're, you know, this isn't going away tomorrow. You're going to have people who were raised by racists, who are raising racists, who are then going to mm-hmm. raise their kids that are going to be racist. Um, but you hope that that, as awareness grows, that that becomes fewer and fewer and that those people are are not 
you know, not as loud. You know, it's what Trump did, uh, unfortunately, is that when he won the presidency, it gave those racists a voice. Um, mm-hmm. Those quote unquote very fine people, right? Um, right. Yes. Right. That um, <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> yeah, that gave them that gave them a voice. So, you you hope that this is a change that that this starts to you know crowd out those weeds, if you will, mm-hmm. kill off those weeds, and and it's not. It's hateful because you do see it. I mean, look, I was in Pennsylvania today at a baseball practice, and I'm driving as I'm driving home through a neighborhood. There's a Trump flag and a Confederate flag uh, flying. Now, now you, I mean, <laughs> you know how bad I wanted to get out and <laughs> like take it and rip it down. <laughs> it's right. like you know, you, you, but it's like I, I can't, I can't help that person with that hate right now it just it just has to come to a point where they look around and they realize that what they're doing is wrong mm-hmm. and i look man i'm i'm lucky enough that i have friends like sherman who i can have a conversation with you know and sherman can tell me how it is we've, we've had i mean we've sherman and i have not agreed on everything right sherman mm-hmm. i mean like right yeah we don't agree on cam newton <laughs> right <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> uh, that's peas boy yeah, yeah. um you know, but we agree on other things, and and I have I have I have friends that I can reach out to and talk to, and I realized there's a lot of people who don't. You know, like there's a lot of white people who don't have friends that they can that they can have these conversations with and be real with. Um, so I'm blessed, you know, and I thank my parents for for that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're responsible for me having the comfort level to have black friends. Um, and to be myself, you know, I mean, how many, how many, how many white guys growing up that you, we all called yo boys are like the most <laughs> racist people that you've ever met, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, like, hey, you don't, you, you're not getting it. You can be yourself. Everybody can be themselves. You have to un- understand and respect the differences mm-hmm. um, and, and, and almost embrace it and celebrate it. I mean, that's yeah. what makes us all great is that we're all different. I mean, yeah. And don't say you don't see color either. That's that's one because yeah. I always, whenever right. someone says that because I think what you just said is appreciate and celebrate differences. We're not all the same. We, we weren't all born white or black or brown or whatever. Um, so if you don't see color, you shouldn't be driving because you have no idea what to do at a stoplight. <laughs> You know, right. it's okay to see color, but the the important part is appreciating, like what you just said, Jeff, um, appreciating and um, celebrating our differences. Right. You know, because at the core, we can still be, we can have different experiences, um, uh, but still be friends. Uh, right. So. And yeah. how can I grow? How can I grow as a man and as a dad? And how can I be the best father and dad and person I can be without understanding and celebrating those differences. I mean, right. that's that's a question that I think I hope people are asking themselves. Is like, if I am, am, am ignorant or if, I, if I'm dismissive, um, if I'm not willing to listen and learn from somebody that's different than me or looks different than me or acts different than me or really understand where they're coming from and why they're hurting or why they're acting a certain way, then how can I possibly be the best person and best dad and best husband I can be? I, I can't. I, I'm. I'm. You know. I'm like. I'm. I'm not. I can't be. I'm not well rounded mm-hmm. in that point. So, um, you know, like I said, I'm. I'm lucky that I was raised that way, for sure. And I'm hoping to raise my kids that way. And I'm hoping that this 
is allowing people, you know, to have conversations and and be willing to listen without coming back with a yeah, but or right, right, right. yeah, you can yep. pull yourself. Anybody can pull them up from their from their bootstraps. And I'm like, just just stop, man. Like <laughs> that's not just stop and listen and get yourself into that basement and look at the foundation and then maybe we got some hope to understand why the freaking house is cracking right and let's fix it and and, you know and build those relationships and celebrate those relationships Mm -hmm. the other thing i think um that i really appreciate about uh you and your wife jeff is um so jeff's so i was talking about jake and you know how much i want to recruit him but i know he's going to bigger bigger and better things but um one thing jeff and his wife do is they monitor all these different high schools social media and this is long before this like we're talking about it for martin luther king holiday um they monitor the schools that are on his short list Mm -hmm. to see what they put out for black history month for martin luther king's birthday and then also for this so this isn't like when Jeff says it's not new to him. He's right. I mean, we've had conversations about, hey, did you see what this school said or this school? So him and his wife are actively making sure that whatever school um, both his boys go to, I'm sure, but Jake, because he's a year away, um, that they are uh, cognizant about putting stuff out to show that they appreciate differences and um, and things like that. And that he told me that they're like, no, we'll cross the school off. If, if a school, if a high school did not put anything out for Black History Month or MLK or whatever, that, okay, we don't want our son going to that school. That's good. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, yeah. but that's, I think that that's like, if you have these athletes and and if you have, and, and whatever, whatever it may be, athlete, athletics or not, um, but yeah, decide that, and, and when they say, why aren't you coming, say, hey, What'd you put out for Black History Month? Because where I am going to send them, here's what they did. And not only that, their athletes went out. And there's one school, I'm not, I won't put it out on here, but there's one school in Baltimore who was very, very, and, and the school costs 30 grand a year, by the way. But their athletes all go out and do a community service project in, in honor of Martin Luther King's birthday. Um, and they are very cognizant about celebrating all of their students and making sure that you know that they celebrate all the differences of their students so um that's one thing as parents you know when we talk about next steps that's something that we can really that we can really do you know is make sure that these we hold the schools accountable um you know i'm teaching my child this at home what are you teaching them when you have them for seven hours a day You know what? What kind of diversity and and programs and things like that are you teaching them? So, I think part of that too, Sherman, is if you get into the business world too, it's like who are you supporting? You know, from from oh, schools, yeah. I'm not giving anybody money who didn't and 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 they were crossed off immediately. You know, if mm-hmm. you were ignorant enough to not post something during Black History Month or now, then it's like that's then you're you're not <laughs> you're not the, the place for us because I don't believe in that. And it's similar to businesses. If you walk in a business and they're supporting the wrong the wrong cause or the racist cause, then mm-hmm. you don't have to give them your money. You can mm-hmm. go support another business who maybe aligns better with your values. So, you know, if we start putting money where you know where it matters, then that's going to make a change. You know, and yeah. that's 
You know, another question I wanted to ask you guys, and, and I'm interested because is about the NBA. You know, I've, I've heard about the NBA starting back up, and I was excited. I don't even watch a lot of NBA, but, I mean, honestly, any sport on TV right now. <laughs> right. About. We've been talking about the Ocho a lot because yeah, the Ocho I, is, like, is golden. Like, yeah, I've been yeah. marching the Marble Olympics. So, like, that is how bad it's got yeah, to that, be. Yeah. It's like axe throwing and cornhole. I'm like, you know, it's like, come yeah. on, man, what is, what is going on? So so my question is this, and I thought about this. I'm like, man, I, I don't. I don't know the answer. Like I'm not. I'm. I don't know the answer. But to me, Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the NFL was controversial. You know, he did it, and he had the stage to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what kind of caused the the storm, or you know, whatever you want to call it. That's what got everybody fired up. Um, so now that people are looking back and realizing well maybe that wasn't so bad um maybe i understand why he was kneeling the nba coming back um do you think i mean i know what i think but again i i need need, i'm in a spot where i need to listen um do you think them not starting up the season for social justice is the right move or do you think that they should play and use that platform to continue to move this forward that's a Great question. So let's jump into that. So um, the NBA is due to come back July 31st. Is that right? Yes, I think it's July 31st. Okay, so they're taking 22 teams. They're taking the top eight teams from the East and the West, and then the next six who were within six games, uh, which five happened to be in the West, one in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, any player who was out, um, like Kevin Durant, uh, who is healthy enough to play can play, so that has some teams pissed off. But Durant said he ain't playing, so. Right, yeah. Um, but I think Kyrie can come back. and I, So kind of what Jeff said, and I just caught a glimpse of this. I saw an article in The Atlantic, um, but then I had to pay for a subscription, so I didn't see the whole article. <laughs> um, so Kyrie Irving is leading 80 players, and I think he's the vice president of the Players Union, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. He's either president or vice president. Okay. Um, and they are – so I have not seen the whole article, so you, any of you can jump in. So he's base, – basically what they're saying is that they will not play this abbreviated season. Is that yeah, right? Because my, uh, my, me and my uh, brother-in-law were talking about this actually about an hour or so ago. But, yeah, they're saying that it – it takes away from the the cause of you know of what everybody's marching for and stuff protesting now it takes away from the cause it takes focus away from it oh okay yeah. so uh, i kind of see what they're saying but i also can see where you know going ahead and playing and then using that because you've got cameras mm-hmm. in front of you you've got microphones in front of you you have a bigger platform to reach a lot of people that are not paying attention to protest is there any so here's my question with that and just play devil's advocate mm-hmm. is there anybody who's watching the NBA that has no idea what the what's going on what the root of the protest is about Th- that's what I was thinking too, Sherm. Like, I don't think I think they know the people that's watching the NBA know in the first place because that's a different fan from the NFL fans. Yeah, 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 or NASCAR. Yeah, and <laughs> the uh, <laughs> and the the Our NBA. Cornhole. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you know, those kind of that, those kind of intersect a little bit. <laughs> but uh, there, there, the NBA has been really good about letting player like not silencing players on social issues. Mm-hmm. So yep. the whole time where what is it? The Heat wore the uh, hoodies for Trayvon Martin, yep. or you know, wearing the I can't breathe shirts. They didn't stop them from from doing that. Nope. So the and NBA, and they got an owner basically. Up out of the yeah, paint. Yeah, got him out the paint. Yeah, uh, for, with uh, uh, who was the Clippers owner? Yeah. Um, um, crap! Now I forgot his name. Sterling. Yeah, Donald, Donald Sterling. Sterling. Yeah. Yeah, and and really, all the players, like guys that weren't even in uh, L.A., were like like LeBron was like, "No, nah, you know what? Ain't nobody playing. So we'll shut this whole league down if y'all don't get him up out of here." Yeah. So. Um, that was beyond just the Clippers. I mean, they have the the thing about and, and kind of going back to Jeff when you brought up Kaepernick. The thing that pissed me off the most, and I still have not watched the NFL since they blackballed Kaepernick. Um, the thing that pissed me off the most was they did not come to his aid, to his aid. Eric Reed did, and that was about it. Um, and then they got Eric Reed up out of there too. Had had. Uh, I would say Drew Brees, but no, never mind. Had Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and Tom Brady kneel, yes, yeah, then they would. Kaepernick would still have a job. But the the difference with the NBA is, and to your point, Ray, the NBA players hold all the chips. They unify. Like they're like, no, none of us will play. Mm-hmm. You know, if Donald Sterling does not is not forced to sell the team. Um, so they have players across all 30 teams who lock in. Kind of what's going on now, to your point about Kyrie saying, look, we have 80 players who were signed up who said we will not play. Um, it's not three guys, you know. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, it's a really good question, Jeff. I honestly, I see both sides. I see that you're, you're one, that's a, a month and a half from now, so you don't really know. It's hard to say where the protests will be at that point. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what the right answer is for sure, that. Sure, I'm gonna. Th- I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and think that this year the NFL is gonna be a whole lot different. Because if you got JJ Watt talking about kneeling, <laughs> I, and, and that and that motherfucker, he, he, he's, co- he's covered in a goddamn American flag. Yeah, that's he, his dick has scars on it. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. If he's if he's talking about it, it's gonna be a whole different season, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. And that's, um, and that's the positive, say, positive change that's coming, man. I mean, that's and those are things like 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 you said, NASCAR. I mean, that's <laughs> when that happened. I'm like, oh wow, how many pissed off white rednecks are there right now? Well, we know one from Howard County. <laughs> yeah, right. Look, so, so you're like, man, that's but that's change. I mean, that that's a good thing. I mean, yeah, the, the only thought I had about the NBA was like, is there a way that they can do this and say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna, you know, make it an event where each game there's something being donated or something being done to keep the awareness going. I mean, that's where mm-hmm. I that's where I would use it. I, you know, I wouldn't just play and act like nothing happened. I would say, hey, you know, definitely. Yeah, you know, this game, this this amount of money is going to this organization, which helps for social justice. Or yeah. this this is going to go to police training. This is mm-hmm. going to go to whatever. And now the NBA, because look, nobody else is playing. Major League Baseball can't get their shit together. 
they should be playing. There's no other sport. So the NBA has a monopoly. This like their voice was loud before. Right. It'll be real loud now because n- there's nobody else playing. So right. It's a good point. And, and there's no other. I mean, there's literally nothing else to watch. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a good it's, point. It's going to be interesting. I tell you. That. I think if I was them, I would play. Um, but I would find a way, just, just like what Jeff said, find a way to um, increase the volume on the protests. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how you do that. They're smart guys. They can figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure Maverick Carter has an idea. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't yeah, want to hear Maverick Carter talk about shit. No, I don't either. But Ashy yeah. ass voice. His voice needs lotion. Okay. Wait, that's Le- that's LeBron's best friend, right? Am I- yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ashy ass voice. Uh, <laughs> <flash manager. laughs> yeah. Wait, is that Maverick Carter? Yeah, that is Maverick yeah. Carter, right? Yeah, yeah I hate Maverick that. Carter. Man, I hate hearing him talk. God dang, shut up, man. Don't you love their relationship, though? Yeah, their relationship. But I, he need to squirt some damn suave down his voice or some shit, man. <laughs> it, it, his voice is ashy as hell. Um, everything LeBron, like I, I've. You know, to me, MJ's the goat. Um, LeBron drives me crazy a lot as a player, but I, as far as like looking at at where he's come from and the life he, the, his philanth, you know, philanthropist spirit and the relationship with Maverick Carter since they were kids. I mean, it, it's really a remarkable story, you know. Um, but yeah. he definitely puts his money where his mouth is. LeBron is on his voter registration stuff right now. So yep, yep. So he's full steam on that right now so I'm interested to see how that goes and when you talk about generational change his school that he did in Akron I mean that that is changing that is going to have a huge impact generations down the line for all of those kids who are fortunate enough to come through there well not even just the kids you know they've got the program for parents to, mm-hmm. pay to go to night school to get their uh, high school diploma yeah yeah it's oh, awesome so check this out I had a conversation with my father-in-law this week and he, he's in Atlanta, and he said that if you choose nonpartisan, that certain options disappear from your um, your your Scantron or your voting. Uh, uh, I can't think of what I'm trying to say right now. But basically, you don't the ballot. Get, ballot. Yeah, the ballot. Yes, you don't get all of the options on the ballot. So with certain things that he couldn't vote for because he chose nonpartisan, which is the, I, I didn't know that. That's the crazy I don't know thing what you're ever. talking about. So, for example, if he was an independent, you're saying, yes. no. so, so, well, yeah, he I can't guess. vote in the primary anyway. Well, well, different. Well, that was the thing, though. Certain certain uh, amendments and things weren't on his ballot. They were on the regular ballot. That's what he was telling me. Um, and he just voted. I think that was Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. Tuesday. So, so yeah, he had to go back. Six hour lines. Yeah. He had to go back and change his to Democrat to be able to vote on certain things. So. I didn't think an independent could vote in the primary anyway. Well, he's saying that even though it was a primary, there were other down ballot things that they're like any other for. amendments or or stuff like that that disappeared as well. Yes, because they weren't because I guess it was set for you can vote on it if you're Democrat or Republican. But right, but, like, but I think know, yeah. if I want to vote for should. Should racism end? Uh, you should be able to vote for that. Right? <laughs> I can't vote for it because it's not on the ballot for independence. Yes, yeah. that's what I, I don't. Um, I don't know what the how that works in Georgia or Alabama, but in Maryland, we don't vote on any of those until the um, general election. Mm. So anyway, Maryland sucks. 
No, actually, <laughs> we don't. It's the poorest state in the union. You're talking about Alabama, right? Shit, the hell up. <laughs> no, Mississippi, motherfucker. Yeah, y'all. So, are 49th. Did y'all see Chappelle's special? Yes, I did. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was special. It was. I don't know um, if that was a smaller part of a bigger special. If that was it, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, um, from what I heard, I think that was it. So he, he couldn't have had those people come to his farm for that. <laughs> well, you, you couldn't. You can't. I, I would have been pissed off like a mug, boy. I wanted some jokes. Right, Jeff. But did you see it? I did not. Oh, did you hear about it? No. Okay, no. so Dave Chappelle. I, I this was late Thursday night, right? It was like in the middle of the night or something that it released no, it on was, YouTube. Uh, I think they released it like one in the morning on Friday. Or okay, I so I said late Easter. Thursday night, but yeah. that's what I'm same thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, like I woke up to a text saying there's a there's a Dave Chappelle. Well, I had one from Ray and then one from uh, my buddy Jerry. Hey, there's a there's a Netflix special that Dave Chappelle just did out of like surprise. And but it's on YouTube, but they haven't released it on Netflix. Yeah, well, it was uh, it Netflix. Uh, it was on, I guess, initially Netflix YouTube account or their Twitter. right. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. So they released it on purpose. Like this okay. was their thing. But I'm wondering if this is going to be like a series of things that he does. Just because he said he's keeping this platform open. For you know other things, so so he could have just been like priming the pump. Yeah. Okay. So it's called Eight Forty Six. For those who have not seen, it's on YouTube, not on Netflix. It's on Netflix YouTube, uh, or the Netflix channel of YouTube, and it's twenty seven minutes long. They had social distancing in effect. It was outside, and they had like square like two chairs in each square everyone had to wear a face mask they took clearly a lot of them didn't bring their own because they were wearing Chappelle face masks <laughs> um and for 27 minutes he just went in on everything that happened with uh George Floyd it was it was titled 8 minutes it was 8:46 like on a clock um and it was Dave Chappelle brilliant however i kind of thought the same thing p like Wait a minute. You tell me I like get tickets to come to Dave Chappelle's farm to listen to him do a stand up and it's 27 like all the security you probably right. had to get through. It, it, it's got to be more than that, Sherm, because he says like five minutes in, y'all having a good time or whatever. Like, no, motherfucker, nobody's having a good time <laughs> at the five minute mark. So you he could have said this stuff. on CNN. He had to be saying other stuff like before a, that. Like a regular comedy thing. So they probably had an opener and all this stuff. And then, yeah, you know, he, be, he better open before that. I tell you that if I came out to that farm, it better have been more than that twenty eight minutes right there, whatever it was. But what if it was free? Yeah. Oh, it was free. Yeah, cool. I got to see Dave Spell go off on Candace Owens, but, but <laughs> yeah, but, and kind of sort of admit to the whole uh, Zelia Bates thing. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. If I had traveled for it, I would have been pissed. But well, I think it was you know just for local people. That's true. Yeah. So, like, you know, let's say if, I don't know, um, crap, I'm trying to think of, uh, Roy Woods Jr., let's say he had something and was like, hey, y'all come out here to Oak Mountain and come watch me do stand-up, and it's free, just, you know, go to this website to get tickets. 
And I mean, if it was free and it was down the street, I'm like, cool, that's fine, I'll go. Let me see how many views it has right now. Let's see, cause I'm it did like eight million in less than a day. So oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, it, it did a lot. Uh, right now, it has seventeen million views in two days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and and there's a Don Lemon reaction video too. I don't know if y'all. Saw I that. heard that. Don, so <laughs> Jeff on this, he went off on Don Lemon. Um, I wouldn't say oh, he really? went off, but yeah. Well, he yeah. he called he addressed, him out. He, addressed, he called him out. Yeah, he addressed Don Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll say he went off on the media's uh, the and you know what Jeff it was very it was very similar to kind of what you said. Um, essentially, Dave Chappelle said, Don Lemon said, where are all the celebrities? And he's kind of like, well, I'm right here, but this isn't my time. This is a time to let the streets talk. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to be in front right now. The streets got this. They're they're uprising and their their voice is being heard. I just need to be there to support. Yeah. Um, so, it was, yeah. But anyway, um, anything else on that? I would say go see it. If you have not seen it, please go yes, check it, it out. Is, I watched it twice. So yeah. I did too. Yeah, yeah, I watched it twice. So and yeah. it, I mean, it is pretty poignant, uh, but there are some funny pieces in there. Dave mm-hmm. I mean, Chappelle is a genius at doing that, where he'll He's make so you good. feel. I mean, he. I mean, he will almost make you cry, but he'll pepper in you know just little non sequiturs in there that'll be like hey, it'll man. bring you back. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is this is a comedy thing. But, I don't yeah. think this was intentional, though, right? Because he says, like, well, I don't want to talk about that right now. And then he goes and talks about it. Like, I almost think oh, yeah. he was going to tell some jokes. And then he was like, nah, you know, I don't feel like talking about that right now. So, mm-hmm. and, and I love the whole story about the cop. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that's listening. But the, the, the story about the um, the cop in L.A. that turned in his partner for um, police brutality. Yep. And yeah. how that ended up and how he looped that back around to the BLM stuff. So, I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was. Um, the Five Bloods. Uh, anybody? I know Ray. You watched? Did yeah, you watch I it? it. Pete, you get a chance did, to watch? I did. I finished it uh, two hours ago. Yes. Okay, yes. Jeff. I know you were on the road to, to Pennsylvania all day, so you hadn't seen it, but not yet. Yeah. Um, but it was Spike Lee, bro. I love Spike Lee, man. man. I I love the way he shoots his camera angles and the things he does. You just know it's him. You know, um, Black Klansman had very little of that, but uh, but this really did. I, I loved it, man. I, I really, really enjoyed the movie. I did too. The, it got off kind of slow, but um, it did. when it when it picked up, it was like, oh, okay, I see where this is going now, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and uh, what's his name? Delroy? Is it Lindy? Lindo. Yeah, Lindo. Man. Brian, Lindo. Man. Yeah. Let me tell you, LeBron, Daddy. Dude, that dude, that dude, that dude needs an Oscar, man. Like that, he does. Man, he acted crazy as shit, and yeah. I felt it because I have an uncle that was that way. So I felt like everything he was doing, like okay, my uncle was fucked up the same way. Uh, Desert Storm, Vietnam, all this other stuff. Like man, mm-hmm. my uncle is just like this. Mm-hmm. Um, one minute he's fine, and then next minute he's tripping over something, you know. So I get it, man. I get it. Yeah, it, so he, go ahead, he right. acted his ass off. I mean, he you actually felt the stuff that he was going through. I'm like, dang, man. Every bit of it. Every yeah. bit of it. The one thing, and I got really lost in the art of, of how the movie was, um, how it was shot. The one thing that I loved was 
he did and Naomi actually brought this up because she watched it with us, but said, why are they the same people when it's showing scenes from Vietnam? And I said, you know what? That's the brilliance of Spike That's, Lee. That was his thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. My sister Lana said the same thing. We were like, okay, this is a Spike Lee thing. I promise you. Yeah. And then at the end, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know why? Um, but I, but I felt like it was so important because it, it lessened the character development from each character. So if you showed, 67 68 year old delroy lindo back in vietnam you didn't have to try to figure out who was who yeah. along the way yeah mm. i mean it's just brilliant man it it was it was such i i just love spike lee man i i think he just you know i mean he's just a national treasure in that, my eyes that that whole story uh the whole part of the story in the middle um mm-hmm. it was so tense like the, the uh, I'm trying not to spoil it for yeah, you, guys, but just, yeah. but yeah, it, it just that whole middle section was like I have no idea what's about to happen right now. That whole middle, and I did not expect that. Yeah, um, see, I I was like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like you know they set it up for yeah, this is going to happen, and when they were you know going through, it is kind of hard. To it's talk hard about to talk it. about that, but movie. you yeah, you're that tense up mm-hmm. like about. oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, yeah, it, it kind of gets you off guard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I knew it was a great movie when I saw my sister-in-law and her husband today, and they said they didn't like it. <laughs> really? <laughs> they are the absolute worst judges of movies, man. I mean, they, they've said some movies where I'm like, how could you not like that? Like, that thing won, like... 86 Academy Awards, <laughs> whatever it may be. They just, but then they'll say something was good and it was horrible. I mean, it's whatever. Um, but I had to throw that in there. Oh, yeah. Happy early birthday. My mother-in-law turns 70 tomorrow. Hey. Happy birthday. So uh, we happy had birthday. a uh, little drive-by. I hate saying drive-by. Drive-through birthday party for her yeah. today. I shouldn't say little. It was like 50 cars. Um, but, yeah, that's yeah. a tiny traffic jam. Yeah, it was, and she's on a quiet street, so it was, it was. But like a lot of her neighbors came out and sat on their porch and and watched, so it was, it was cool. It was nice. Um, so anyway, um, P, what's this about your kids and Michael Jackson? Oh, they love damn Michael Jackson. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, and Michael so, Jackson so, loves them too. So you all, uh, you have all had newborns before. Everybody on this, this whole line has, this whole podcast has, and you know if you find something that makes them be quiet and smile, it's you, you will, you know, you will continue doing that, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I, I stumbled upon Thriller because okay, think, well, hold on. First, how old is Logan now? Is Logan he like four is months? Four months? Yeah, four and a half months now. Okay, so. I, I, I was just to say, okay, I'm gonna, you know, just trying stuff. I'm gonna put on this thriller video, and he was all into it, right? And so um, Paisley's there, and she goes, "Oh, play that again." Oh, now play that again. So we end up watching the thriller video like nine times in a row, right? So that's a good hour of my life gone, right? <laughs> right? So, so then you know, at the bottom, how YouTube have what the next video, and of course, the next video is Smooth Criminal. So I put Smooth Criminal on, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And you're an adult watching this, and you hadn't really watched this stuff since the MTV days when you had to wait to the video to come back on. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I hadn't really watched this stuff since then. And then Smooth Criminal, somebody slaps a lady. Um, it's a dude that Michael Jackson shoots in the chest and he flies through a wall and blows up, explodes <laughs> upon the impact of the gun. And Paisley keeps yelling, she shot that guy and he exploded. Oh my God, what kind of gun is that? And I'm going like, 
it's a first of all, Michael Jackson is a man. It's a man, and there's and there's, and there's no gun that does that. And she's like, okay, play it again. And then every time he plays, she's like, she shot that guy. He, he's a man, and no, there's not a gun that does that, right? So then at the end of Smooth Criminal, it's like these little kids dancing outside. You all are gonna go watch this after this. And these little uh-huh. kids are in the middle of an alley, you know, no parents. And they're yeah, peeking through the know. window, and the little kid goes, "Oh, he, I taught him everything he knows." He starts dancing, yeah. and I don't know if this is Annie looking through the damn window or not, or if that's supposed to be Annie. And I don't know if she's okay, but she's looking <laughs> through the window, and then Michael Jackson just takes out a gun and shoots all the cops or whatever that's coming to get him, and he runs out the back door. And Paisley just over there smirking, and I go, "What's your problem?" And she goes, "They're protecting him, Daddy, because he's a smooth criminal." <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know how to explain that. And I'm like, baby, we don't need to watch that one again. So then she goes, well, play the one where the girl is a is a genie. And I'm going, what? The girl is a genie? I'm thinking she's talking about Aladdin. Wait, what? That's Will Smith. Remember the time? Yes. She's talking about remember the time. And she was like, oh, the girl, the girl, when she spins and she turns into a cat at the end. And I'm going, no, that's a man. And, 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 and I'll play it. So, she, so we play that and she wants to see that like five times in a row so then we watch Billie Jean and it's like oh man that girl can dance the same thing she said about Cheryl, that white girl can dance She's so like, that, that white girl to her can still she, dance she didn't say white girl she just said that girl can dance and I go well no first of all it's a man and, and yes he can and yes he can dance so I play the Motown the Motown 25th anniversary thing the first time he moonwalks right so he's with the Jackson Five, and she had heard ABC before. And uh, what's the other big Jackson Five song? Um, uh, I'll be there, and you know yes, all that yep, stuff. Yep. So then I had never watched this whole thing before. Mm-hmm. So he tells his brothers to kick rocks. He's like, "Well, yeah, all right, get man. off stage." Yes, <laughs> and then he goes, "I had never, I had only watched Billy Jean. I had never watched the whole thing." Oh, okay. So then he goes, "Well, all right then." So y'all get off the stage. And he goes. Well, I like those old songs, but I really like the new ones. And then the Billy G drop happens, right? It Paisley goes, "Oh snap!" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going, "Why are you? Why do you know what's about to happen at five years old? You've never seen this before." And then halfway, th- she's like up dancing to it, and she's jamming and stuff, and she's like, "Oh my god, that guy walked backwards." <laughs> Well, at least she called him a guy. But yes, that time, by the time I, I mean, we had watched. Oh wait, that was old Michael Jackson though. Yes, yeah, that was all yeah. right. He was still a guy at that point. <laughs> and he was still man, black. But man, and she is like killed. Man, I, I I watched every Michael Jackson video with uh with a um what do you call it? like a dance um section in the middle. She uh-huh. wasn't really interested in anything that didn't have like a dance section in the middle. So That's all right. of those heavy choreographed stuff. Bad is her favorite, by the way, mm-hmm. okay. which is the creepiest of all of them. And she wants to watch the whole Wesley Snipes build up for the first nine minutes before the video even starts. Oh my gosh. Yes, I have no idea why she wants to watch this. Like, she knows he's a man when he has a hoodie on. But when he turns into like all those leather straps and stuff, she was like, Oh, there's my girl. Like, <laughs> like, no. So we went from that to Sia. And then all the Sia videos are all like heavier choreograph and it's the little girl dancing in the video so but yeah we we killed all that stuff last week man she is a trip that is funny man yes naomi when naomi was like three how long has michael jackson been i think he died when she was three. He, he died uh i think it was like june 21st 2009 and i have okay a, I, have yep, I was right i have an interview on fox news that day so wait what 
of the local Fox station came in. I was in a bar oh, drinking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, the local Fox. No, the local Fox came into a bar. Yeah, I was drinking. Fox and Fox do two different things. Yes, on Fox Six. Okay. So okay. I had an interview because I was drunk and uh, I was in a bar and I was going through my divorce then at that exact time. And she came in that bar asking people about how they felt about Michael Jackson dying. And I literally had just found out and I was drunk. So I'll send you send you guys that video. <laughs> yes. Oh, awesome. I was just about to say I've got to find this video. Yes. Yes. Okay. I have on a brown shirt and a brown tie. I have no idea why. I look like a dork. Like it's hard. Look like you from Wilcox County, Alabama. Shut the fuck. No, it's actually cool. It's just I don't wear brown. I have no idea why I had that on. But yeah. yeah. Like, I mean it's a rough time. Yeah, I was going through the voice. I had on colors that reflected <laughs> yeah. how I felt inside. <laughs> yeah. Um you have a lot of stories about going through your divorce because yeah, one of I them I just found out the other day and I'll leave it off the podcast, but um, I might kill you next time I see you. So. Which, which one was that? Oh, yeah. The one you said yesterday. The one. The dear white people story. <laughs> oh, about, yeah. About yeah. the show. Yeah, we can leave that one on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yes. Off. Yes. Jeff, we'll tell you off air yeah, when that, we get done recording. I, I can't believe I have, yeah, we'll tell you off air, Jeff. But um I have never I thought I had told you all that story before. Nope. Um that was a completely random thing that happened to me. I, I have yeah. two of those by the way. I have one with Tiffany Haddish. And then well, I, stop stop while you're ahead. Yeah, and then I, you're you're about to start telling the other story. I'm not gonna tell the, the other story. story together. But and, there was there was a thing uh Tiffany Haddish, so just remember that one too. I'll tell you that one later. Okay. Um, <laughs> Naomi ready. was three. <laughs> What'd you say? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> um, Naomi was three when she Michael ready. Jackson died, but I remember like right after he died, she made us play Michael Jackson on loop for like six months. It was oh, wow. it was the strangest thing. Like every time we got in the car, put Michael put Michael Jackson yeah, on. I could have so. done six months. I think I did probably like a month. I, it, you know what? It might have been a week. It felt like, it just <laughs> felt like six months. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it was probably like a month or two. It, it was a while. So, um, I know we're running long here, but P, what what did you uh, about the Atlanta stuff? About the yeah. Um, um, so one of my kind of looping back. Yeah, to one, where we started. Yeah, one of my friends is also a friend of the person that you mentioned before. Um, okay, she actually um, is a police officer also, and she has her JD. Uh, so she went to school, got a law degree and everything. We're not sure. I'm, I'm not sure how she's going to pursue law at this point. I don't know if she's going to be a prosecutor or what she's going to do, but she's still a police officer for the moment. Okay. Okay. Um, and she posted, In Alabama? Yes. Yes, in Alabama. Okay. And she posted something yesterday. She was saying she was really frustrated by everything that was going on. And she started you know, writing some bullet points, right? And one of her suggested changes was amend it amend deadly force policies to include language requiring officers to only use deadly force in circumstances where reasonable and safe alternatives are not available and that seems common sense right but her next sentence says although this may seem to be understood it is really it really isn't that cut and dry training and policies guide policing and established boundaries and practices while in police academy and any training thereafter i was taught that deadly force is generally allowed under circumstances where a person has taken control over a weapon that could cause you to be incapacitated of course if you reasonably believe your life is in imminent danger okay so i'm not going to read her whole post but she was basically saying especially with that incident that happened in atlanta 
different police officers interpret uh, danger in different ways. Mm-hmm. Right? So the dude took the uh, stun gun and was running away from them. To us, we're thinking like that's no danger <laughs> if you took the stun gun. Now, if you had a gun that was an actual gun, that's a whole right. other story. But the, the the verbiage that she talked about was any weapon that could cause you to be incapacitated. That's what's in the verbiage of what they're taught. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, they're saying, well, he could take a turn around and use a stun gun on you, so then you would be down mm-hmm. and somebody could hurt you, yada, yada, yada. Not, you know, but she said that the, the verbiage should be um, updated to include, you know, more details, right? Then mm-hmm. she goes on to say that part of this is, bla- part of this could be blamed on the mayor. She said the mayor has the duty to make sure that the use of force policies in her in their city are best practices. A responsible leader will review them to ensure best practices are being used for preservation of life where possible. Now, I didn't understand the mayor's. We kind of glanced, you know, kind of went over this a little bit last week, but I didn't know the mayor's um, control over what the police po- the police policy is. So I'm, I'm not sure that's different in every city or how it is. Some cities are different than others. But she was saying that mayor has a hand in um, telling the police to change their policy on certain things. Um, so I just thought that was interesting what she posted, that they were being taught to do you know, such a thing. And it was being left up to their own individual opinion of if they were in, quote unquote, danger, how to react. So this is the issue. This is why cops always get off. They say, I fear for my life. Yes. And mm-hmm. and that's essentially exactly what you're saying. Right. Um, but that it should be up to a reasonable Yeah, it should be person. interpretation of what I fear for my life is because, I mean, I've seen a lot of videos where the cop walks up and immediately has their hand on the gun. So that means that he was scared, of his, scared for his life there. So mm-hmm. not even... We haven't even talked to each other yet. There's no interaction. You're already fearful for your life. So now you're already on nine, getting ready to go on ten, where it's like if I say, hey, what the hell's going on? Bah! Right. I mean, you had not even told me why you're walking up to me. You already got the gun out. Mm-hmm. And, that's, the same. and that's what happened with John Crawford and Tamir Rice, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And, that, that's and, and, goes- and I'm sure... Hundreds or thousands of others, but those two just obviously in the last few years. And that kind of goes back to what Jeff was saying, too, about being uh, having black friends and things like that. And and one of my co-workers, actually uh, one of my vendors, he's a well off white guy, lives in an exclusive part of town, all that kind of stuff. And he had a talk with me about some stuff that was going on, uh, the whole Church of the Holland situation. Right. Um, And he was talking to me about certain things and about race relations and things like that. And he told me that he he grew up in Ohio and he played basketball. He's about six six, and some of his friends in college were um, uh, from the hood. They were in projects and stuff, and because he had a car, he would drive them home. And the funny thing about the innocence of what he told me, he said, you know, we'll be driving through the neighborhood, and I would see my friend waving the guys on the block, basically, you know, and I would ask him, well, what are you doing? And he would say, I'm letting them know it's okay for you to leave. But in my mind, being a black person, think, oh, he was throwing up gang signs. But, you know, he never, you know, he never thought that he just said they were, he was waving. I'm going, yeah, OK, cool. Because I remember Easy e throwing up gang signs on MTV driving through a neighborhood or whatever. Uh, right. So my mind went back to that, kind of letting them know, oh, OK, it's cool. This this me, whatever. Right. So anyway, he talks about how 
playing basketball was the best thing that happened with him because he grew up in a, a, a super Christian household, but he had no black friends and stuff growing up until he got to college. And that's when he got to understand, oh, black people aren't that different from me. You know, when I went to the projects and stuff after my third or fourth time, I was at home. But the first the first couple of times I was so on edge that a guy got a gun for his Christmas present and he pulled it out and I threw my hands up because I thought he was about to rob me, even though I was with my friend. So that was just crazy. His perspective on stuff, basically what we were just talking about, what one person feels is a threat, another person doesn't. And the police need to police their own community so they understand how to talk to the people in those communities. Was it last week or the week before where I gave a couple of my bullet points for police reform and you just hit two of them? One, you need to have at least an associate's degree. Um, and preferably a, ba- a bachelor's and two you need to have a police force for me i say 90 percent of your force needs to live within the the boundaries of what they're policing right um and and remember i said the college degree my reason for that is you have people who have never left their hometown and they'll never see mm-hmm. someone who does not look like them until they go to college. Mm-hmm. And you literally just said what, what he said. But the other part of that, Sherm, is it's hard to get people from the hood to be cops. Um, oh, uh, 100%. But I think that you um, you have to focus on it, too. Like, what is there? So I'll just take Baltimore City, for instance. Like, what is Baltimore City doing? Are, are they... And, Jeff, you can chime in here because you know the city well also. But... Um, what is Baltimore City doing to create a relationship where someone from West Baltimore wants to be a police officer? So are, are cops in Baltimore City just, are they com- are they part of the community or are they there as overseers? Well, that's a great point. And it kind of loops in with what's happening. There's a discussion, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but whether or not resource officers should be in high schools. Mm-hmm. And and I, I can't understand why you wouldn't because that's, you know, you know, the, my experience has been that they've been wonderful additions to high schools. And I'm sure that there's others that maybe aren't. But mm-hmm. but having police officers that are part of the community and that can um, be there when they're not arresting somebody or not putting somebody in jail, you know, that they're just, you know, building relationships. I mean, that that has to be done. So there's a trust that can be built again. Um, that mm-hmm. has to that has to be repaired. So I, I don't know what's being done on that front. I know that it's a it's a tough job and it's yeah. a tough sell. You know, like I, I wouldn't want to be a police officer. Um, you know, and it it takes it, it's just <laughs> I think there needs to be some recruiting done. It's like we want to we need to pay our teachers more and our police officers more, and we need to train them properly you know get the the best ones possible yeah the the school resource officer thing is interesting because i saw something in uh like the howard county little facebook thing you know we're forming a group to get all resource officers out of the schools and i was like what right um but then you know bernanda and i were talking i said you know what we had a really good experience with the one in bakari's high school he was part of that school um the basketball team used to go to his little daughter's soccer games um, because he gave the basketball team, like with the bus, he never missed an away game. He would give the bus a police escort to the games. He would be right there behind the bench with them. He really, you know, entrenched his, himself in their lives um, with all the students there, right? 
But our experience does not necessarily mean that was the experience for every student. Um, so I don't know. You know, I agree. I just don't know. Um, you know, and he's one who was really good. There may be a bunch that are not. Um, you know, we see these officers body slamming kids and things like that and being put on administrative leave. Now, not in my county, but it happens. You see it all the time around the country. Um, so, yeah, so I agree, Jeff. Like, my, my immediate thought is why would you take them out? But then I have to sit back and say, you know what? Again, just because my experience with the one in, in our son's school was good doesn't mean that it's it was good for everyone at that school or everyone in every school. Right. But but building, um, and I agree, I, I think they have to be good at what they mm-hmm. do, and I think we need to hold them to the right standards. But I don't think that you just, I think building relationships is just really important. Yeah. Um, and, and you can't turn your back on that because I, I think that's where it has to start, where there mm-hmm. there is a trust, there is a... There's a different view um, for, you know, the people start to, to, to kind of feel safer, you know, like yeah, for, yep. back to what we talked about. You can tell your kids, hey, when you're driving and you see a police officer, don't worry about it. Like just make, you know, like you're having a conversations with them that I would have with my kids. I'm mm-hmm. not telling them all the things that you have to tell your kids if they get pulled over. Let's just be honest. We're having different conversations about. Right. That. Um, exactly. And um, and that's not that's not right. Yeah. So we have to build those relationships. We have to we have to increase training. But I, I think when you take it, you, you can't just take the problem and 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 take it away. It's it's not going away. You have to you got to build those relationships and build that trust back. And um, you know and, and that starts with with training. It's, it has to, uh, my experiences with the resource officers have, have been great. Um, mm-hmm. But I do I do understand that there have been some bad some bad ones out there and and they have to be dealt with. But I don't think that that means that you you, you turn your back on the idea of trying to build those community relationships. Yeah, and I think it gets down to community policing, and that's really where the country needs. We don't have a community policing background in this country. Some departments do, um, but that should be the focus everywhere. You know that we're. we're we're here for the community, not to, you know, uh, be an overseer or an enforcer type thing. So, anyway, um, Ray, what's going on with Liam? Oh, first of all, Jeff, uh, Ray's son calls him Ray. He does not call him Dad, and he's four. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I hate so imagine him. Jake just going, "Hey, Jeff." <laughs> so That's great. Uh, so I've talked before about us playing uh, Nintendo Switch. So he was really good at Mario Kart to the point where you know he would talk junk and I got tired of it. So I was able to beat him a lot of times, but he was good enough at it that I was like, he's going to get really good. I'm going to buy him a new game. So <laughs> if I get him a new game, then he'll have to learn it, and I'll have to learn it, and then uh, we'll be on even ground. So that lasted about two days. So he got like really good at Mario Tennis. Uh-oh. And so he has upped his shit-talking game to the point <laughs> where one day I made him go to bed because I got tired of losing to him. Uh, he would do stuff like, hey, Ray, does your team suck? Do you suck? 
am I good at this game? And I'm like, oh, hey, you got to calm down. Just sit down, buddy. You got to be a good sport. He was like, oh, I'm a good sport because I'm good at this game. And I'm like, hey, seriously, stop. So I, like, literally, like, took the game. So he takes the game with him when he goes to school. I take him to school. So he has to leave the game when he gets out. So for the last couple of days, I've been playing before work and during lunch to get he practicing. Yeah, I'm practicing. <laughs> Racing at training. Lunch. To be yeah, like you can do a Rocky montage of me trying to get good at this game. <laughs> and so last night I played him, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm still better than you, Ray." And I'm like, Ugh. and I'm like frustrated. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like about to cuss at him because he is really getting on my nerves. He and he goes to my wife. He's like. Hey, let me tell you a secret. And he whispers, but he whispers out loud, I'm still winning. And I'm like, dude, you you stop. So today, I finally beat him, and he won't play me again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, I've been quiet all this time. And I won, and I didn't win by a lot. Like we went to we went to tiebreakers. <laughs> yeah, we went to tiebreakers, and I won the tiebreaker like by like two points. And so I'm like, ah, I won. You ain't talking all that stuff now. He was like, uh, well, I want to play something else. <laughs> and he will not play now. Like I went over to I went over to they go over to my mother in law's every Sunday. And uh, so he takes his switch over there with him. And so him and Candace were playing when I got there. So I was like, okay. And I played Candace and I beat her and I talked junk to her. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, Liam, you want to play next? He's like, oh, I want to play something different. So he will not play me in tennis after I beat him that one time. He's probably training like Rocky now. He probably is because when I, when I was leaving, he started playing against his cousin. And so they were sitting there playing. So, yeah, he'll probably come back. Tonight and start talking crap and want to play again. Uh huh. Man, you get you you got a long fourteen years, man. Yeah, buddy. Fourteen, my ass. I'm gonna put him out if he keeps talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gonna live with Uncle Preston? Come on, man. I'll, I'll take him. I'll get him in training. He you won't beat him at nothing from, <laughs> once I train him. I bet you won't play with him after. I, I, I bet I will. I will whoop Liam's ass <laughs> until he until he beats you and he keeps talking shit and you be like, I, man, I can't be shit talking. To four, I, four I haven't played a console in two years. I will whoop Liam's butt. <laughs> I promise you that. Wait till that PlayStation Five comes out. I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting for Aaron to come and play against him because you know Aaron doesn't do nothing play video games At either. Two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I'm waiting on them to play and see how much shit talking Liam does to him. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Hey, Ray, speak of that before we get off that limb, I mean uh, Ray, how is Lim school going when in this COVID stuff? How is it uh you told us last week about they can't touch him when he gets out the car and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but how is it in the classes and um stuff like that? According to Liam, they only let them play with one person. So okay. you it's like you and another person, you got like a play buddy. And then I think they're social dis- social distancing in class, and they're not even like eating in the cafeteria. They're eating at their place in the in the room. Yeah, that's what they're saying they're going to do here too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. far it's been he's adjusted to it, so it's okay. And they had a you know a birthday party for Spider Man Friday. Which I'm like, man, I wish I would know because I would have gone too. I would have broke up in there with a mask and be like, hey, 
I'm social distancing, but I'm, I'm celebrating Spider Man birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're still trying to get Paisley registered for her kindergarten in, in August and stuff. And I've yeah. already been told by somebody to avoid some teacher because they were racist. Oh, so, oh God. Yeah, already, man. Like, uh, hey, all the teachers are good. There's a really good school, except for Mrs. Such and Such. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, dang. Racist as hell. <laughs> man, like, yeah. They, I mean, they pretty much just told me, like, you know, you know, judge for yourself, but uh, we had some bad experiences with her, you know, so. Mm. Um, we'll we'll see how that goes, but she's still slated to start August second. So, all right, that's my anniversary. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, we haven't made it there yet, but <laughs> well, you're close. So, we got a month and a half. Um, all right, y'all got anything else? It's been a long podcast, but a good one. I think that's it, Jeff. You got any closing uh, remarks? No, man. I just I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you, you didn't have to do it. Um, and you know, I appreciate you know you kind of give me your point of view and and let me have a little bit of a voice here. Uh, it just means a lot to have these conversations, and and I hope that we can all out in the public have more of them. So thank you very much for having me on. Uh, thank you for joining, man. Yeah, we, we it was a pleasure having you on, man. Yeah, definitely, man. Appreciate your perspective and your uh, you hit a, a lot of really good points. I hope that people who listen really take that home and. And, you know, look inward. Um, and like you said, listen. I think we can all listen yeah. better, you know, um, in all of our lives. I mean, as, uh, you know, people of the community, husbands, fathers, you know, it's it's important to uh, to just listen to one another, you know. Um, so I appreciate it, man. Oh, all right, everybody. Uh, before, we, before we go, uh, real quick, just um, reach out to us. Social media, Instagram and Facebook is Call Me Daddy Podcast. Twitter is call me daddy pod one uh, email call me daddy podcast at gmail.com and uh, you know thanks again uh, for Jeff Moeller and I'll give his give his company a quick shout too. Um, uh, is it Moeller and, it's Moeller and Gary right yep okay Moeller and Gary realtors uh, Jeff was my realtor I mean it was pretty easy because he was my friend it wasn't hard to know who to call but uh, did a great job with us when we bought this house. He actually was my brother's realtor as well. Um, but I, you know, highly recommend them, you know, if you're in the Baltimore area, uh, you know, you will not find a better realtor. So, um, look them up. Rates are good right now. So if you're looking to move now, it's the time to do it. But anyway, till next week, uh, thank you all again and be safe, be blessed. And we'll talk to you then. Amen. Peace fellas. All right. Bye.